Y'all know what that mean. Y'all know what it mean when y'all hear a classic instrumental like this. Y'all know I'm back. Y'all know what time it is. Callaway sports fans. I come to bring y'all some great sports, man. I know it's been a while once again, man. I'm, I'm trying, man. Trust and believe I'm trying. Got a lot going on right now, but one thing's for sure. I'll never leave y'all without any content for more than two to three months, man. Not even a month. Um, I know it's been about three weeks since I dropped the episode, man, but, you know, it's a lot of good stuff to really cover now. It's a lot more sports going on now, so that's what this episode is for, man, to catch up everybody on a lot of things, man, basketball-related, football-related. Uh, I have UFC content. I got boxing content, so, man, let's get into it, man. I'm going to let this instrumental run as usual, man. Y'all enjoy this instrumental. First on the list, man, I got to get into this uh, for my combat sports fans, man. Uh, more importantly, my boxing fans. Uh, if you did listen to and catch my last episode, um, there was a rumor going around that by the end of this year, that we will see the truth back. And I ain't talking Paul Pierce, I'm talking Earl, the truth Spence Jr. Uh, EJ will be fighting in November against Danny Garcia. For the WBC and the IBF uh, titles, man, uh, I believe it's November 20, 21st. Yeah, November 21st. So I'm uh, very, very happy to hear this news. Uh, news has been out for about uh, a week or two now. So, man, of course, this fight will be on pay-per-view. The questions that a lot of people have going into this fight, questions that I have going into this fight... One thing's for sure is that I'm 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 pushing and pulling for EJ to win this fight, you know. Uh, I'm always rock with Earl, no matter who he's going against. Um, but one of the main questions that should be asked is, should we be worried about EJ? You know, this is his first fight since the accident. This is his longest layoff, um, I believe, for a fight. And the fact that, you know, he's coming off of the accident, you know, what should we, you know what I'm saying, what should we expect, you know, uh, right now, all we can take is Earl's word for how he feels and things like that, you know, uh, nobody knows his body better than he does, and, you know, he says he feels great, you know, um, quite frankly, in my opinion, seeing him, you know, running and things like that, he looks great, the weight looks, you know, his, his weight looks down, you know, he looks like he's in shape already, so, He's already been putting in great work uh, for this fight with uh, Danny. And another question is, can Danny get the big win at 47? Me, uh, personally, I don't think the wins that Danny have at 47 really match up to the ones that he's lost. You know, the, the fight to Keith Thurman, the fight to Sean Porter, he's lost those two fights. And those were, you know, his biggest fights. Of course, he won the WBC belt against Robert Guerrero, but, you know, uh, to a casual boxing fan, not a lot of people know Robert Guerrero. Um, if they do, they know him because Floyd fought him uh, on his Showtime debut, but not a lot of people know Robert Guerrero. Not a lot of people, you know, casual fans and, and, and some, some you know, regular boxing fr uh, fans, they don't know Brandon Rios. If they do, they know him because... He was Pacquiao's first win back after losing to Timothy Bradley and Juan Manuel Marquez. You know, so those have been two of his biggest wins, uh, in my opinion, at 47. Of course, his last fight was against, was against Adrian Granados. Same thing uh, with Guerrero and Brandon Rios. Not a lot of people are going to know Adrian Granados, you know. So uh, besides in title fights, Danny doesn't have, you know, too many big names on his resume at 47. He's lost the two biggest, you know, the two biggest fights. So that's the big question. Can Danny get the big win at 47? I just, I think Danny's a good fighter, but I just don't think that, you know, uh, he's really built for those big fights 
and to win those big fights, you know. Uh, and you have fighters like that, you know. Uh, in my opinion, Adrian Broner is a fighter like that. He has good wins on his resume, but he hasn't been able to win those, you know, those big fights, those career-defining fights or those fights that, you know, get you in line to be talked about as being one of the pound-for-pound pound best fighters in the world. Danny has not won those fights. Adrian Broner has not won those fights and, you know, plenty of other fighters as well. But November 21st, it is going down. Earl of True Spence Jr., the return of EJ versus Danny Garcia defending his WBC and IBF title fights. Uh, if you did not catch the fight last night, Sean Porter uh, did bounce back from the loss against uh, Earl. Um, I do not remember the young kid's name for for Mella or something like that. He was a he was a German undefeated German fighter. His first fight back in the states. Uh, I figured that uh, Sean would win this fight. I figured that Sean's pressure and activity would be too much for him. And you know, Sean proved me right. He looked very very good. He looked very sharp uh, throughout that fight. He looked you know strong and you know um, honestly you know I feel like he looked very very good. He looked better than what he did when he fought Earl. You know so. Uh, Props to Sean Porter for getting that win. Um, also, in the boxing news, Bud, Terrence Bud Crawford, the WBO Woodsway champion, turned down the fight offer that was thrown out on the table by Keith Thurman and Al Heyman for $10 million. A lot of people don't agree with me on this, but point blank period, if I was, you know, Bud, I would have turned down the fight too. You know, he doesn't have much to gain for, you know, from fighting Keith Thurman besides having, you know, a good name on his resume at 147. Eventually, that's going to come when Bud, you know, wants to unify the um, the titles with, you know, possibly Earl, possibly Manny Pacquiao, you know. So he doesn't need Keith Thurman. Keith Thurman needs him. At this point, I truly believe that Keith Thurman is desperate. He is getting desperate uh, because he is not seen as the number one, number two guy at 147 anymore. So he's going to be, you know, reaching for these fights that, you know, people wanted from him when he was champion. Now you have to sit back and you have to wait your turn. You lost your belt. You lost your belt. So uh, maybe he should fight. It, it, it's, plenty of, it's plenty of other guys that Keith can fight right now. But he's fishing and desperate for these top shots that he believes that he deserves. Uh, telling Earl Spence, maybe a, I want to say it was a month ago that, if Earl doesn't fight him, he needs to leave the 147-pound division. Uh, he, he went on Instagram and was saying that, you know, he's ready whenever Manny is for the rematch. And now he's calling out Bud. Why don't you go out and, you know, fight one of these guys that's content, you know, that, that's top five, that's not a champion? Because when I looked at those, you know, WBC, IBF, WBO, WBA rankings, Keith is not very high on at least two of those, I believe for the WBO, which is the belt that Bud holds, he may be number six. For the IBF, he may be number seven. For the WBC, he may be number five. For the WBA, he may be number three. But he's not first, second guy up anymore. Keith has to understand that. He, he, he has to understand that he needs a fight, maybe two, to get back into title talks. When he took that tuna fight against Josito Lopez, just imagine if he took that fight now. Boom. Now he's back in the title picture, but he's not right now. Now, if you're Bud, it's some, you know, it's some available fights out there for you if you can't get that unification fight. You know, for both guys, I believe that your Dennis Ugas is a good fight for both guys. It's a great fight. Ugas is a good name at 47. Better than the last guy that Bud fought who was an unknown guy but gave Bud some troubles. Ugas presents uh, some, some, some troubles. He's a big welterweight. He's a good name to put on Bud's resume. Kel Brook for both. He just recently said that he is back at 147. The special one is back. That's a great fight for both guys. It's a great name to put on your resume. If you're Keith Thurman, if you're Terrence Crawford. Point blank period. Danny Garcia for Terrence Crawford. I believe Danny is the number two guy for the WBO belt. Let's say he loses to Earl and Bud doesn't have a fight, or if Bud fights somebody else and then he wants to look, you know, further down the line, Danny Garcia may be the guy. He wanted to fight Danny when he was at 140. He felt like Danny ran from him at 140. It would be nice for Danny to get another, you know, top name, you know, 
big name on his resume as well. That's a great fight for both guys. For Terrence Crawford, he wanted Manny Pacquiao to move back down to 140 maybe three or four years ago. Manny's a WBA champion. I would look for that fight right now if I'm Terrence Crawford. I would look to try to make that fight now if you got Sean who just fought. He's not interested in fighting Sean. Earl is fighting Danny. Why not go after the other champion, Manny Pacquiao? Unify those belts. It'll make it easier for you and Earl to fight then. It would be no question why, oh, well, maybe Earl should fight him or maybe Bud should fight him. You get the WBA, Earl gets through Danny Garcia. It makes perfect sense for you two guys to fight then. That's a fight that everybody wants anyway. 2021, let's say if, if, if Bud can get the fight, in early 2021, we can be looking at him and Earl mid-2021, you know, mid maybe late 2021, you know. And as for Sean Porter and those guys who's right there, who's right there to get a, another title shot, maybe wait to see how things play out, you know. And last on the, least, uh, on the list, excuse me, for Keith Thurman is Mikey Garcia. Get a fight with Mikey. Mikey fought Earl his first fight, 47. He beat Jesse Vargas his last fight. A good name you know mike is a you know he's a i believe a three or four time you know three or four division champion he plans to stay at 147 why not get that fight if you're keith thurman that fight can get you right back into title contention as well so you know, i feel like you know that fight makes sense for for keith it's just he can't he's not title shot worthy at all not right now and he has to understand that uh, also, another fight to um, to look out for in the next uh, coming months is Javante Tank Davis versus Leo Santa Cruz. It's a great, great, great fight. If you've been following Tank's career, if you've been following Leo's career, if you've been following boxing, that's a fight that people have been wanting for at least three years now since Tank won the belt against Jose Pedraza in 2017. That's a fight that Tank has, uh, has been wanting. That's a fight that, uh, that, that, that Leo has been wanting. They got the date. Um, so you look out for that fight. Uh, of course, both of the Charlo twins are also fighting in September. Uh, Jamal, the, um, the twin that fights at 160, Jamal Charlo, I call him Big Charlo, but now he goes by Mr. Charlo. Mr. Charlo will be fighting Sergey Derevenkio. If you do not know who that is, he gave Triple G a tough, tough fight in, in his last fight. Very, very good challenger for Jamal and Jamal is fighting, uh, Gabriel Rosario. Is it Gabriel? I believe it is. I'm I'm not too I'm not sure if it's Gabriel. But all I know is he beat the brakes off of Julian J. Rock Williams in his last fight to take the rest of the belts at one fifty four. So they are looking to unify the belts at one fifty four. That is a great tough fight for Jamel. Honestly, if I was Jamel, um and if I was a WBC I would have ordered a rematch between him and Tony Harrison. They are one-one. Tony Harrison, the, you know, what I'm saying, I feel like he deserves that that third fight. You know, I feel like he deserves that third fight. Uh, but you know, it didn't go out. You know, it just didn't happen that way. But I would like to see Tony get another title fight, or a title shot, or a fight at Jamel again. You know, I feel like they got some scores to settle. Uh, so it's some. It, it, it's some very entertaining fights in the near future, so uh, most definitely look out for those. But that is the end of this boxing segment, man. You know, for all my boxing fans, I know this is, you know, very, very well needed. Um, also, Alexander Povetkin knocked out Dillian White yesterday. Uh, they fought earlier in the day. White had dropped Povetkin twice, and in the fifth round, Povetkin landed a beautiful, beautiful left uppercut that just turned out the lights for Dillian and uh, Pavekin is most definitely uh, getting himself back into title contention as well. Uh, so, like to see, you know, how the heavyweight division is going to play out, what fights will be made um, in the near future because we're hearing that, you know, Fury and Wilder are supposed to be fighting again, but they're, you know what I'm saying, they haven't put pen to paper. They haven't put their name on anybody's paper. 2021, we're hearing that, you know, Fury and Joshua are supposed to fight, you know, but Fury still got, you know, Wilder things to go through joshua still has a fight also that you know he has to defend his belts because you know his fight got canceled due to the COVID and everything like that so you know it's a it's a lot to be processed in that heavyweight division so i would like to see what uh 
what goes on. Also, for my fight fans, if you do not know, now you know. Roy Jones Jr., Mike Tyson, November 28th. Legends only leave. Those guys will be fighting. It's a fight that fans have been wanting for years, years since before I was born. Uh, people wanted that uh, that Tyson and Roy fight, and that fight is happening. You know, of course, it's like, you know, 20, 22 years late, but hey, can't be picky. At least we're getting it. So, but thank y'all, man. Uh, next coming up will be my NBA segment. I'm going UFC after that, then I'm going NFL to end things out. Stay tuned. All right. As I promised, man, we're back with the NBA segment, man. If you have been living under a rock for the last month and a half, and you must not know that the NBA is back, and we are already in the playoffs, a few games into playoffs. We are so far in the playoffs that teams have already been swept. The Boston Celtics swept the Philadelphia 76ers today, and I believe as we speak that the Toronto Raptors are on their way to sweeping the Brooklyn Nets. Luka just hit a game win against the Clippers. The highly, the highly favorite, high-powered, L.A. Clippers. Everybody was doing all this talking about Playoff P, and I have yet to see Playoff P. I honestly do not understand where this nickname came from. I'm a big fan of Paul George, but I've never, ever, ever understood why people call him Playoff P. Since he was, been, since he was in OKC, I've never understood why they call him Playoff P. I haven't seen Playoff P since he was in Indiana against Miami, and even then, he still lost. So why are we calling this man Playoff P? Huh? Talk to me now. But, you know, <laughs> on the bigger and better things, man, uh, the whole NBA return, man, if you did not, you know, see those eight games that they played, man, it was just the rise of Devin Booker. I've been a fan since the kid was in Kentucky. And, uh, you know, he just showed everybody in the eight games they played why Phoenix is, you know, a team to look out for in the West. And, and, in the near future, uh, they look very, very good. They may, you know, maybe a piece or two away from really putting things together. They're looking great with Booker and and, and Aiden and, and and Book t- took his game to a completely new level, man. Uh, so the rise of Devin Booker is really, really, is it, really taking off now. You know, the kid is still young, and, and and with him being young, he's only getting better. You know, we're looking at a kid who dropped 72 when he was what 20, 21 years of age. And, you know, I was just clearly Devin's going to continue to grow. You know, I have no doubt in that he's going to continue to grow unless something, you know, bad happens, which, you know, God forbid. But the kid is going to continue to grow. And Devin Booker is really, really one of my favorite players in the, in the game right now. His offensive arsenal is simply amazing. You know, he can do it from all all areas of, um, of the floor. He can shoot mid and beyond the arc. He can take it, you know what I'm saying? He, he can take it to the rim. He has a great post game. So the rise of Devin Booker has begun. Um, also, since the NBA return, questions have come up about who is the best point guard in the NBA. With the way Dame has been playing, uh, he's been absolutely on fire. Nobody has really been able to put Dame out. Um, man, so, and... If you know me, you know that I've been a fan of Damian Lillard since he came into the league. If you know me, for the last four years, I have been saying I will take Damian Lillard over Kyrie Irving. If you know me, you know for the last five years, I've been saying I will take Damian Lillard over Russell Westbrook. For the longest, I've been on the Damian Lillard bandwagon. So do not think that I've just got on. I've been a fan. I have been a fan. Ask Cameron Aubrey. He's a big Westbrook fan. I've argued with him plenty of times. I can find old text messages where I asked these guys two or three years ago, who you taking, Dame or Westbrook? I've always said Dame. But my personal top five point guards in the NBA, this is my personal top five. So, you know, argue with me later or anything like that. If you want to come meet with me and talk with me about it, feel free to. But despite how great Damon has been, he has not taking that number one spot from Wardell, Stephen Curry. And here's why. I'm going to tell you why. Steph is an NBA champ, man. He's an NBA champ. He's been a league MVP. Steph is a winner, man. You know, Steph, Steph has changed the game. Steph's arsenal, his offensive arsenal is second to none. Uh, Steph can do it all. He's a, he's a great passer. He's the, obviously the best shooter that the game has seen. And... 
I mean, he's just Steph Curry, man. He's the NBA champion. He's a winner. That is why I put Steph at the top of my list for that reason being. He is a winner. Even, you know, of course, he got some some, some rings with KD, but you got to understand, he won in 2015 before KD got there. That was a 7-3-9 season, uh, team before KD got there. Steph has been great, you know. Steph has been great within these last five years. So, Steph is always going to be number one in my book. But number two, oh, number two is Damian Lillard. It's no, no debate. It's Damian Lillard. One thing that I failed to mention about Steph that Dame also has, he's a great leader. He's a great leader. Dame is a great leader. He is probably the, 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 the most clutch point guard in the NBA right now. I don't want to hear what nobody else got to say. He's the most clutch point guard in the NBA right now. That's it. He is Dame and everybody else when it comes down to clutch in the NBA. He's the next best scoring point guard in the game behind Steph. If not, he's the, honestly, you can say Dame is the best scoring point guard in the NBA. We know Steph can fill it up. We know Steph can shoot that ball. But right now, I don't think he can do it at the level that Dame is doing it. I remember Steph's 54 at the Garden. I was like, okay, this is Steph's coming out party. But you got this boy Dame who before that the you know what I'm saying before the season was postponed, he had what fifty or sixty. At one point he put fifty up against I mean, he put fifty up against Golden State. He had multiple fifty point games, then he had a sixty point game, and then you go you know what I'm saying, you fast forward to now and the restart, what he had over over three games, he was averaging fifty four point three points per game. The way he was shooting the ball was absolutely absurd. He had a sixty point what a sixty one point game. In the restart, making sure that his team is going to get into these playoffs. Dame has been playing on a level that not many people get to. That's why he's a number two guard. Everybody else behind him that I'm going to name cannot do what he does. It's probably one guy that I name after Dame that can do this, but I, I, he can't do it on a consistent level over two or three games like Dame has done. But next on the list, man, Russell Westbrook is the number three best point guard in the NBA. Why? Here's why. He's the best all-around point guard in the game. Russ can score. He can defend. He can rebound. He can pass. Russ can do it all. It's not many guards that can put up the triple-doubles that Russ can, you know. I'm going legit point guards in the game. I know, you know, some people may argue that Harden is a point guard. Some people may argue that Luka is a point guard. But I see them as two guards. You know, they, they are classified as a two guard. They have the ball so much that you think that they point guards or they run the offense that you think they point guard. If that's the case, we will classify LeBron James as a point guard as well, but he is not. LeBron's a small forward. I'm talking about legit point guards in the NBA. Russell Westbrook is my third best point guard in the game. What's Russ not? He'll lose your game before he win you one. Ask Cameron Ivey. I've been preaching it to him for about four or five years. Any Westbrook fan, I've been preaching it to him for four or five years. I've been telling him. He'll lose your game before he win you one, but Damian Lillard will win you one. That is why Dame is above Westbrook in this conversation, in this topic. This is why he is better than Russell Westbrook. Look what he did to him last in the playoffs. He sent him home. Westbrook has his moments. His MVP run in 2017 was absolutely amazing. I loved watching every bit of it. But he has he has some 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 levels to get to before he passes Dane and Steph. Next on my list is the old dog in the yard, man. A lot of people, man, a lot of y'all gonna stop disrespecting this man. I love Kimber Walker. Kimber will be on my top five list. I love Kimber. I love John Wall. A lot of people, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people forget how good John Wall is. But Chris Paul is my fourth best point guard in the NBA. Why? He probably has the highest IQ out of everybody on this list. He's an excellent floor general. He's been there since he came into the game. And he's a great leader. What's Chris Paul's not? He gets hurt in the playoffs. Chris ain't never been to a conference final since he's been in the league. Chris is not a winner when it comes to to being one of the top guards in the NBA. This is why his stock has dropped. It was one point in time we considered Chris Paul the best point guard in the league. And that was absolutely, absolutely correct. But since then, Chris has gotten older. These new guys have come in, and Chris has not won yet. He still hasn't won. So, no, nah, Chris can't be in my top three no more. He can't. But he's still a top five point guard in the game. 
And last on my list, I thought very, very hard on this, man. And the only reason why I gave this kid the number five spot over Kimber Walker, as I said before, I love Kimber Walker. Been a fan of Kimber Walker since he was at UConn, crossing boys up with that step back and, 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 and calling game. But I will give Kyrie the fifth spot. Why? He's a great scorer. He's a good passer. He's an NBA champion. That's, a, that, that's the knock that he has over Kimber. He's an NBA champion. But what people fail to realize is everything that Kyrie can do, Kimber can do as well. He can do it as well. But what makes Kimber better than Kyrie in this one category? He's a better leader. He's been a better leader. Kyrie's not a good leader. If he was a good leader, he would still be in Boston. He couldn't lead there. That's why he went and called LeBron and apologized to him about his leadership. And, you know, oh, man, you know, I, I gave you troubles when I was in Cleveland. Man, Kyrie's a great point guard, man, but he is, he, he's not Batman. He's a Robin to someone else's Batman. He was a Robin to LeBron being Batman. That's why he's going to be a Robin to when KD gets back, KD going to be Batman. He's a great wingman. That's why he's number five on my list. He sucks at being a leader. He has his moments where he's a good leader. Good. Never been great. That's why he ran out of Boston the way he did, man. All y'all Kyrie fans, man, y'all better realize that. Y'all hyped Kyrie up to be this great punk guard, man. Kyrie the best guard in the game. He better than Steph. He better than Westbrook and all these guys, but he can't. He suck at being a leader. Westbrook a great leader. Austin Rivers said, I played with a lot of guys in the NBA, Westbrook is the best teammate I've ever had. He played with Chris Paul. He played with Anthony Davis. He's playing with James Harden now. Played with Paul Pierce and those guys. What did Austin Rivers say? Russell Westbrook is the best teammate he ever had. Why? He's a leader, man. He command that respect. Kyrie command that respect by the way he plays. But off the court being a leader, now nah, he don't have that respect. He can't lead nobody. He can be that wingman. To, to, to help lead somebody. That's why he's number five on my list, man. But back to the playoffs. Listen to me and listen to me good. Before I give my predictions, I'm giving you the players to watch. The players to watch in these playoffs. Number one on my list. They just completed the sweep. Jason Tatum. JT. The boys in Boston looking scary, man. They're looking real, real scary. Jason Tatum is a guy to watch in these playoffs. Because he only getting better. I, seen, I, I said that his first year, his rookie year in the playoffs, when they were going at Bron now, man, he dunking on LeBron. He, he, he taking big shots. He making big shots. Man, look out for Jason Tatum and those Boston Celtics coming out the East, man. We may have the rivalry renewed. We never know. We may see Lakers versus Celtics. You never know. But y'all better watch Jason Tatum in these playoffs. Next is his running mate, Jalen Brown, J.B., Man, JB looking like the second coming of Tracy McGrady with the smooth silk game that he got. Y'all better look out for Jalen Brown, man. Y'all better quit sleeping on that boy. Jalen Brown got game, and he can defend. He on his way to being one of the best two-way players in the game because he can do it all. He only getting better. Look out for Jalen Brown because, in my opinion, if he not playing alongside Jason Tatum and Kimball Walker and those guys, man, Jalen Brown is a number two guy on any NBA roster's team as long as they don't have a – a set two-headed monster already. And I'm just being honest. You throw Jalen Brown over there in OKC, he your number two guy. You throw him in Phoenix, honestly, I'll I, I put him as my number two guy over DeAndre Aiden. Throw him in New Orleans, he's my number two guy. Orlando, my number two guy. Milwaukee, my number two guy over Chris Middleton. And in some cases, you throw him on any of these other teams, he, he your number one guy. So look out for Jalen Brown. Next on my list, man, the way he been playing, the way Miami been ripping and running through these boys, man, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler looking like he want to win. He looking like he want to win, man. So look out for old Jimmy Buckets because he getting all in TJ Warren, man. TJ Warren was going to be my pick. He was going to be my pick. But Jimmy putting them clamps on that boy and it ain't looking good. You look out for Jimmy Butler in the Miami Heat in these playoffs because you understand them Bucks. And better look out for the Miami Heat. Because led by Jimmy Butler, them young guns, they coming. Tyler Hero and, 
and and Bam on the bio, Duncan Robinson, those young bucks is coming, man. But Jimmy Butler is the guy to watch because he leading that team. Next on my list, man, is them boys in Toronto. Pascal Siakam. Everybody said, man, at the end of the day, they're going to need Kawhi. They didn't need Kawhi to be the second best team in the doggone East. Did they need Kawhi for that? No. Why? Because Pascal Siakam is a big boy baller. He was putting in that work at Rico Hines for the last three or four years, and he done got better and better and better. And Pascal Siakam has got to look out for it because the Raptors are dangerous, whether you like it or not. They, they know how to win a chip. Now, they done seen it all. They ain't running to LeBron no more. They know how to win that ship. They got them a chip, and they know how to win. Look out for Pascal Siakam, man. Next on my list is Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray putting up some good, good numbers, man. He a great wingman to Nikola Jokic and them boys out of Denver. He a great wingman. Look out for Jamal Murray because his offensive arsenal is on its way up. Better put some respect on that boy's name because he can fill it up. He really can. The last on my list is Donovan Mitchell. It's Donovan Mitchell, the boy who put up 57 in the first playoff game since the NBA restart. Donovan Mitchell. And I've been one. I've been kind of harsh on Donovan Mitchell. I've given him some hard criticism of the last, you know what I'm saying, since he came to the league. I like his I've always liked his game, but I feel like he wasn't consistent. He, he wasn't consistent enough for me. And I really just felt like he didn't really know how to win. But since he came into the league, He's learned. I can look at him and tell he's learned. And seeing the way he's playing in these playoffs right now since the restart, I like what I'm seeing from Donovan Mitchell, man. I'm seeing more of a killer instinct from Donovan Mitchell, and I like it. I like it. So look out for Donovan Mitchell because, spoiler alert, I got them beating the Nuggets. I got them beating the Nuggets by the way that they're playing right now because Jokic them, they scaring me. They scaring me. So on to these doggone predictions. I, I already gave y'all one of my spoilers. I ain't going to give away no more. Lakers versus the Blazers. What's my prediction? Huh. The Lake Show in six. The Lake Show in six. For all y'all that was hot. Look, I love Dame and them boys. All y'all that was high and hype after that game one win. AD woke up in game two. Braun wake up in game three. Playoff LeBron is here and it's scary. I got the Lake Show in six. They up 2-1. They won last night, if you didn't know. They up 2-1. I think they go up 3-1. I think Dane and them going to fight off elimination. 3-2. And Braun and them going to go on and put them out. 4-2. But I got the Lakers in six, man. Got the Lakers in six. Next on my list, the Mavs and the Clippers. Mavs in seven, after what I've seen. Mavs in seven. I'm rocking with Luka Magic. I love Luka since he came into the league. I told everybody. Dallas want to win, they go draft Luke. They draft the Trey Young, you know, get that trade for Luka, boom. Y'all, y'all throw K- Look, they won this game today without KP. They won this game without KP. They barely lost game two without KP. They was hanging with the Clippers. But everybody want to talk about the two, the two best two-way players in the game. I can't tell because PG averaging 11.3 points over the last two, what, two or three games? Playoff P who? That chemistry is low on that team. They don't know how to play with each other. With this bubble, with this NBA bubble, the playoffs going on, going on in this bubble, a lot of teams not going to be as good as y'all thought that they were, man. And the Clippers may be one of them. Yeah, I've seen them play great basketball, but it's looking scary. Them guys in Dallas, look, these guys down here in Dallas, they not playing with them. The fact these playoffs is going on in this bubble is going to shock a lot of y'all. And the Clippers maybe bounce out in the first round is going to shock a lot of y'all. Mavs in seven. Mavs in seven. Next on my list, Jazz Nuggets. This is probably the most competitive series besides the Mavs and the Clippers because that one heating up. Utah in seven, like I told y'all. Spoiler alert, I got Utah in seven because I think the Nuggets are a good team, but I don't think they're a good playoff team. I, I said that last year when they ran up against Dame them in the playoffs. I feel like Dame them wanted it more. I don't, I, I don't, I don't see that from Denver and those guys. I don't see them really that, that grit from them. They're a good team, but they lack that grit and that, that, that real winner's mentality. 
So I got Utah in seven, man. Heat Pacers, man, Miami in four. Ain't ain't too much to say about that, man. Indiana playing, you know, they they look out of whack, man. I got the pace. I mean, excuse me, I got the Heat in four. You know, ain't too much to say about that. The Magic took game one, but they ain't gonna take another game, man. Bucks in five. MVP, you know, possibly Giannis. He not from the he not from the line to win another game, man. They start putting them clamps on Vucevic and stopping Vucevic from uh, from scoring. There is no Aaron Gordon. Giannis gonna be Giannis. He gonna take over. Bucks in five, man. Next on my list, Houston versus OKC. At first, I had Houston for the sweep. By the way, that OKC looked those first two games, but Chris them got them a win. But Chris can't drag them young boys any further. I don't, I just don't think he can. Danilo haven't really been playing good basketball. Like I said, besides you know outside of Chris Paul. They got, they got a lot of young guys over there. Houston got more of the vets. Westbrook get on that court, it's a different ball game. That 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 spacing is gonna be perfect for him to get back on the court. He gonna take over. Westbrook gonna do Westbrook things. I got the Rockets in five, man. I don't see them losing another game. Um, and I actually took these predictions down yesterday, and my first predict, you know, what I'm saying, well, one of my predictions have already come true. You know, so uh, <laughs> I said Boston in four. I would take a picture of this and send it to y'all so y'all know. I wrote these notes down yesterday. Boston in four. They've already completed that. Feel them, you know what I'm saying? They, they going home. And last on my list, Toronto versus Brooklyn. I'm going to look into the, um, the game as soon as I get done with this segment and see if they, you know, if they completed the sweep. But I got Toronto for the sweep as well uh, in these playoffs, man. So uh, I'll know if you watched or listen to, I wouldn't even say watch, if you listen to my podcast, uh, I've always said that the Lakers are winning the ship this year, man, and I'm going to still stand on that. Uh, I do believe that they're going to get it all. So these are my NBA uh, predictions, man. Y'all know what's coming next. UFC, my UFC topic, my UFC segment, you know, uh, for my fans of UFC. I know it's been a while. It's been some fights. That's really the only thing that I had been able to really just talk about. You know, we got basketball back, football is potentially coming back. Uh, we got more boxing now. I got to get to this to this UFC segment. Um, so that's what's coming next, man. Y'all stay tuned once again. All right, man. Uh, I'm not going to take too much time on my UFC segment. Wasn't too many big things to cover. Uh, and I, I didn't want to really just, cause I, I knew I was going to take a lot of time with my boxing segment and my NBA segment. And I still needed a good amount of time for my NFL segment. I don't want y'all to be listening to me all all night long or, or all day long. Even though I got the great the great content for y'all coming from me. You know what I'm saying? This Callaway Sports. This how we do it over here, man. But y'all know what it is, man. Uh first up on my UFC topics, my, my UFC segment, man. DC retires, man. Daniel DC Cormier. Uh even if you're a casual fan of mixed martial arts and UFC, you know who Daniel Cormier is. The heated rival of John Jones, the two-way world champion, one of the best to ever do it, man. Uh, me being a fan, it sucked to really see uh, DC finally hang it up, and especially go out the way he did. You know, he was uh, ending his career with the trilogy with Stipe and heavyweight. Uh, I did want DC to go out on top, uh, but DC did. You know, he did get, catch a bad, bad eye poke. Uh, they tore his cornea. He said he couldn't see pretty much um, midway through the third and, you know, the whole fight after that, you know. So, uh, sucks to see DC, you know, hang it up. Uh, what legacy does DC leave behind, man? He's one of the best wrestlers to ever, you know, fight, period. You know, DC's wrestling was on a completely different level. If you have not seen DC fight, if you are a casual fan, you don't know DC, or if you are a hardcore UFC fan, you just didn't like DC. But I mean, point blank period, you have to respect the man. Um, when he was in strike force, he he got into mixed martial arts late. I uh, I believe at the age of thirty or thirty one, signed with strike force. When it, you know what I'm saying, he he went right into the strike force grand prix. He defeated some big names on the way to win the strike force title. Uh, Antonio Bigfoot Silva, you know he beat Josh Barnett. Uh, in the final for the Grand Prix, and, and the way he just ragged out those big guys is the reason why they call him Bigfoot Silver. DC was a small heavyweight, 5'10", 5'11", you know, had to wait on him, but height-wise, he was small, and he's picking up guys like Josh Barnett, who's 6'3", 6'4", and putting them in there and dumping them on his back, you know. 
Um, DC, you know, showed Flash the greatness then, you know, out of that AKA training camp, training with, you know, Luke Rockhold and, 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 and Cain Velasquez and Habib and Michael Medoff, um, signed to the UFC. Once the UFC bought Strike Force and, you know, jumped to their heavyweight division, you know what I'm saying, defeated a former UFC heavyweight champion in Frank Mir, ragdoll him, put him up against that fence, beat him down, and because his best friend and teammate was the heavyweight champion, DC, you know what I'm saying, he decided to move down to light heavyweight. And his light heavyweight run was very, very good, man. Uh, his, his light heavyweight debut knocked out Pat Cummins. They had bad blood, put him out of there pretty quick. Uh, DC has some very, very good names on his resume. One of the guys that he was not able to get on his resume, on his resume was John Jones. But that were that was the best robbery for a lot of us uh, within the last four to five years. Uh, DC and John was the best robbery uh, in the sport. Behind them would probably be Habib and Connor or Habib and, and, and Nate, but most definitely John and DC were, were was one of the best robberies in UFC history. Uh, but he does have Anthony Rumble Johnson on his resume. That is who he beat once John was stripped of the title. He beat Rumble for the belt. He defended the belt against Rumble. He defended uh, the belt against Alexander Gustafson. Uh, he ragged out Dan Henderson before he won the belt as well. Uh, DC, like I said, man, he has some great names on his resume. Uh, if you don't like DC, I don't know what's wrong with you, man. Uh, he also has uh, Volkan Ozdemir on his resume. Um, then DC decided to move back up to heavyweight, chase that second belt. Um, after he lost the belt to John, again, he moved back up to heavyweight. He said, man, I'm going to fight the baddest heavyweight of all time, the baddest man on the planet, Stipe Miocic, coming off that big win against Francis Ngannou, who was knocking everybody out. And DC goes out and he floors Ngannou, in a, I mean, excuse me, floors Miocic in the first round with a big right hook. Becomes a two-way world champion, holding the um, UFC light heavyweight belt. And the heavyweight belt. Then he went on to defend the uh, defend the heavyweight belt against Derrick Lewis out of um, H Town. Defeated defeated Derrick Lewis. Lost in a rematch with Stipe and lost, of course, his last fight, man. But DC leaves behind a great legacy, a great legacy. And you know where does he rank on my all-time list of best fighters to ever, you know, step foot in the UFC octagon or mixed martial art? Uh, a lot of people, you know, a, a lot of hardcore fans may disagree with me on this, but, you know, I didn't really see the career of Fedor, and I don't really put Fedor in my top five because I haven't, you know, I didn't really go through that Fedor era, don't really know how good, you know, I, I, I know how good he is, but I didn't see much from Fedor to put him in my top five, you know, all my life since I started watching mixed martial arts in about 2008, 2009, man, it's crazy how... I got into it. I I happened to be watching, you know, I was a kid then. I was watching TNA Impact. Uh, if you are a fan of wrestling, besides WWE, you know what TNA Impact is. Um, a lot of, you know, WWE guys went to TNA, but that's besides the point. I was watching TNA late one night, and while I was playing with my toys, I, you know, TNA went off, but I hear this. You know, I hear this next on UFC Unleashed and, you know, hearing all this stuff. So I happen to look up to see what's going on. I see this fighting. I've always been a fan of boxing, but I see that this is a different type of fighting. These guys are in a cage. They don't have shoes on. They're throwing kicks and elbows. They slam each other. And from that night on, I decided to watch mixed martial arts. And I've always known UFC my whole life, you know, pretty much. Um, and my love for mixed martial arts grew then. Found out, you know, about, you know, the WEC, the guys that was going, you know, fighting over there. Then the UFC bought that promotion and things like that. So I didn't, I, I didn't see Fedor's career really. I, you know, it was always questions about him coming to the, to the UFC fighting. You know, some of the, you know, really the best heavyweights in the world. You know, we all know the UFC has the best fighters in the world. But DC is in my top five, possibly. Uh, I really have to do some thought on it. But as far as UFC fighters, guys who have fought in the UFC, DC is in my top five. Of course, John Jones is the greatest of all time. After John Jones, I'm going George Rush St. Pierre. After GSP, I'm going Anderson Silva. After Anderson Silva, 
I don't see why I cannot put Daniel Cormier right there. If not, I can put DC above Anderson, you know, really just giving it some thought, really watching, you know, watching their fights. Anderson had a different run than a lot of people, and, and Anderson's run at middleweight, the way he ran through guys was just something special. Anderson had the most title defenses, you know, in UFC history. And a lot of people may argue that Mighty Mouse should be inside that top three above Anderson, you know. Um, but DC is in my top five, hands down. Um, got respect and embraced the grind just like he did. So uh, much respect and props to DC, Daniel Cormier, for the great career that he had. Thank you for giving us all these great fights. Um, and, you know, I hope he enjoys retirement because if anybody deserves it, is Daniel Cormier. Speaking of heavyweights, man, John Jones has confirmed his move to heavyweight, man. John relinquished his UFC light heavyweight belt, I believe, Thursday or Friday, confirming that he's going to move up to heavyweight. Um, this is what fans of John have been wanting for at least four to five years. We want to see John at light heavyweight. And he has beaten a lot of guys at light heavyweight since he's been champion. A lot of people feel like he should rematch. Dominic Reyes, felt like Reyes gave him a tough fight. Some people feel like Reyes won the fight, but you think about the guys that John has beat since he has been champion. Since he was 24 years old and he won the belt, John defeated Rampage in his uh, first time defense. He he defeated Rashad Evans. He defeated um, Leola Machida. Defeated Chael Sonnen. Defeated Gustafson twice. Uh, that first fight was, you know, of course... Um, very, very close, but, you know, John walked away the, um, the win. He defeated Gus twice. He defeated Vitor Belfort. Um, defeated DC. It's a lot of other guys that John has defeated, man, and, and John has really ran through that UFC light heavyweight division. Defeated Tiago Santos, Dominic Reyes. You know, John has been that guy at 205, the best 205 fighter of all time, you know, the greatest of all time, in my opinion, so... Uh, you know, I'm I'm happy to see him finally take that move up to heavyweight to see how he, you know, really hangs with those guys. Of course, the guys in heavyweight are a lot stronger. They hit a lot harder. But, you know, not many guys at heavyweight really have a fight IQ. And the offensive arsenal that John really possesses, besides the heavyweight champion of the world, Stipe Miocic. So, glad to see John moving up to heavyweight next. Uh, Fights that are confirmed and will happen unless somebody gets hurt. We got, finally, Kobe Covington versus Tyron, the chosen one. Woodley, man, the live die, you know what I'm saying, really diehard fans have been wanting this fight. Woodley to fight uh, Kobe from all the trash talk that has gone on for the last two or three years uh, from when Woodley had the belt and Covington was on the rise. Of course, Kobe lost his last fight to Usman. Usman, who beat Woodley for the belt. So... We're looking at a, at a potential, you know, title eliminator here at 170. If, you know, Kobe wins this fight, can throw him right back up there to, you know, fight for the title unless Dana and those guys want to give Gilbert Burns the shot because he tested for COVID when he was supposed to fight uh, Usman at UFC Fight Island. Of course, game bread, Jorge Masvidal stepped in on, what, six days' notice. I would love to see him get that fight back because I feel like on a full camp and he doesn't have to cut weight, you know, 20 pounds in six days. I think he puts up more of a fight than that. Uh, but, hey, you know, we never know. Uh, but most definitely, uh, Usman has to look out for Kobe again, Gilbert Burns, and Game Bear Jorge Masvidal. If Tyron Willie wins this fight, Willie is throwing his hand and his hat back in there potentially to get another title shot. Uh, next, Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa. The trash talk between these guys have gone for at least a year or two now. Costa has always felt like he's the best middleweight in the world. Now he has a chance to prove it by fighting Israel, the last style bender out of Sanya. And last, Habib Nurmagomedov, the Eagle, will have his first fight since the death of his father. Uh, God be with them, uh, him and his family. He will be defending his belt against the interim UFC lightweight champion, the highlight Justin Gaethje. So look out for those fights, man. Lot is It's my apologies, I did get cut off at the end of my UFC segment, but to just follow up on what I was saying, man, it's a lot of great fights that are uh, that are going on in the UFC in the next month, month and a half. So if you are a casual fan, you know, you are not going to want to miss these fights. Shout out to Frankie Edgar, who won his Bantamweight debut last night against Pedro Munoz. Um, but it's a lot of great fights, man. Amanda Nunez just got confirmed to fight Megan Anderson, defending her 145-pound 
uh, title. So, you know, it's some great fights to be made, man. So stay on the lookout. Um, last on my list, the last segment, man, is my NFL segment. Um, I'm going to kick things off by what happened today. Uh, my Baltimore Ravens did release Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas, who had um, he had a fight with uh, his fellow safety member, Chuck Clark, punched him in the face Friday morning. He got sent home from practice. Um, and they went with, you know, letting him go. They looked into the situation and, and came up with the decision that they didn't want to keep Earl. Um, I, for one, do not really like the move to releasing Earl. I feel like we got, you know what I'm saying, we could have got more trying to trade him. He's a safety that a lot of people want, a lot of teams want. And I, and I think releasing him doesn't do your team justice. Now you have a hole to fill in with his departure. You know, you had a great defense, still have a good defense. You know, I, I just don't believe that our defense is great anymore with letting Earl go. Um, Deshaun Elliott, who also plays safety, hasn't played many snaps. You know, so do you want to throw him out there? Uh, possibly, yeah. Or are you going to use one of your DBs, you know, move them up and down? You know, we just got Tavon Young back, you know what I'm saying? Do you want to move Jimmy Smith in that position to move him up and down from safety to, to DB? What about Marlon Humphrey? Do you want to do that with him? Uh, Tavon Young, do you want to do that with him, move him up and down? When you don't have Tony Jefferson anymore, you let him go after he tore his ACL. So the only real solid safety that you have is Chuck Clark. And Chuck Clark was very good last year. Who knows how good he's going to be this year? I believe he is, but still, you know, just... Releasing Earl Thomas, I do not like that decision. I understand what he did was wrong, but you know I look at it like this, man. You know we're a team and brothers fight. Unless the situation could not have been made up, then yeah, you know you have to part ways with that party. But brothers fight, man. And at the end of the day, I feel like Earl is Earl was a guy that we were really needing and should have kept on that team. But hey. This is what it is. The Cowboys also let go of uh, Gerald McCoy, I believe, after tearing his ACL in practice. Uh, luckily, man, that, you know, luckily that guy signed his contract with three million guarantees, so he's he's walking away with three million in his pocket. Uh, but they did part ways with him. Um, look out for Jerry and those guys to be signing Earl Thomas as well. You know, Earl has always wanted to be a Cowboy. Jerry's always wanted Earl to be a Cowboy, so you know we'll see. Uh, we also did rid ourselves of $10 million in the salary cap. So, who knows? I've been hearing rumors since those guys were working out that we may sign Antonio Brown. I hope we do. Even though with him being suspended the first eight games of the season, go get Antonio. Go get him. It makes your offense a lot better. With somebody as electrifying as Action Jackson, the marvelous himself, you got Mark Ingram. You got J.K. Dobbins, you got Mark Andrews, you got Nick Boyer, Hollywood Brown, Willie Sneed, uh, Marquise Boinkin. Why not throw oh, Antonio Brown in that mix? I think it makes perfect sense to use that money to sign A.B. So, you know, I would love to, you know, love, love, love to see Antonio in the Ravens uniform, possibly lighting up those Pittsburgh Steelers and, you know, and whoever else uh, he needs to light up, but... At least we have ten million to you know ten million more dollars to work with, with the departure of Earl Thomas. Possibly you can sign you another safety, another you know pretty you know good safety that can you know hold their own uh, in that in that role. Uh, but <clears throat> we'll see. Also, uh, since my last video, Jamal Adams did get traded. Ex excuse me, not video, uh, but podcast. Jamal Adams is a Seattle Seahawks. If y'all didn't know, if you've been living on the rock. And you don't know what's going on, and you, you know what I'm saying, put some football on whenever they start, and you see Jamal Adams in the Seahawks uniform and wondering why he's there. He got traded. He didn't want to be in New York no more. New York sucks. They stink. They haven't been treating him properly since he came into the league. He's always had something to say, and he needed to go. So now he's happy to be a Seahawk. I'm happy to see him elsewhere. Didn't want to see him in Seattle. They didn't need him. But, hey. What are you going to do about it? Mm, it is what it is. But, hey, that just made their defense a whole lot better. It wasn't like they didn't have no big boomers anyway. They got another big boomer at safety. So the guys in those NFC, you know what I'm saying, 
those NFC teams, look out, because Jamal Adams is coming. Yep, y'all heard me. Jamal Adams is coming. That boy's a Seattle Seahawks, and I believe that he's going to be causing trouble. A whole lot of it. A whole lot of it. So, not too much to say on my NFL segment, man. Uh, hopefully, we get the season going. You know, hopefully, we, we see some football this year. Um... I'm really, really, really hoping for it, man. I'm really hoping for, of course, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 canceled their seasons, their college football. So I'm, I'm down and bummed about that. Didn't want to see that happen. Uh, but hey, what can you do about it, man? We in the middle of a pandemic, so hey, they gotta do what they, gotta do what they gotta do. Uh, lastly, also, man, uh, forgot to mention this in my NBA segment. The lottery was a few days ago. The Minnesota Timberwolves have the first pick. Um, the Warriors have the second pick. I believe the Hornets have a third pick. I think the Bulls have a fourth pick. But not too many care about those picks after that. A lot of people want to see what James Wise and Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball is going. Uh, with the Timberwolves having their first pick, I think they take Anthony Edwards. That's just my uh, prediction. I do not believe they would take LaMelo unless they don't want to use D'Angelo Russell. If they do, you know, what are you going to do with that? You're going to move him to two. You're going to move Melo to two. Take him out of his position. That wouldn't make sense. Take Anthony Edwards if you're Minnesota. Golden State has a second pick. I prefer them to take James Wiseman. If it's one thing that Golden State has missed since becoming a top-tier team besides this season, they missed a solid big man. You don't have KD no more. You're getting, you know, of course, Steph is coming back. Clay is coming back. Draymond is coming back. You got Andrew Wiggins at the three. Get you a real solid big for the future. That guy is James Watson. But I'm hearing that, that they want to use that pick for, you know, in, in, in trade talks. That's fine as well. You could possibly get another good, solid star over there. Uh, the rich just keep on getting richer. That's what it's looking like in Golden State. It ain't like they need nobody else. They got Steph and Clay coming back and Draymond. You see what those guys can do by themselves. All you got to do is just fill in the pieces. And, you know what I'm saying, you got yourself a very, very good team still with, with, with Golden State. Those guys know how to win. Third pick is Charlotte. I believe that LaMelo may go there. I, will, I mean, Charlotte would be cool, you know, for, for, for Melo. He's an excellent passer. We know, we know Melo's game. But it's the Bulls that have that fourth pick that I want them to take LaMelo, man. I want the Bulls to take LaMelo. They deserve somebody like Melo over there. Get Melo over there with Zach Levine and Kobe White and Wendell Carter Jr. and Laurie Markman and all those guys. Um, it will be nice to see Melo in the Chicago Bulls jersey. Um, they did take Kobe White last year. But why would you pass up on Melo this year, man? Why? You know, but if... The Hornets take him. You match, you know what I'm saying? You pair him up with, you know, Devontae Graham and Malik Monk and, you know, those guys. They can build something there, you know. They can potentially build something there. You know, Terry Rozier is still there. Um, but all three of those guys play point guard as well, you know. They, you know, they, they move within the one and the two. You want yourself a true point guard, you go get Melo. I would like to see Melo in Chicago. Uh, possibly if Charlotte takes Melo, that fourth pick, I could see the Bulls taking probably Obi Toppin or, you know, Tyrese, uh, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, uh, possibly De uh, Denny Avija, the guy from, uh, I think, Israel. I think he's from Israel. But either way it goes, those are three big names to look out for in this year's draft. If you don't know, now you know. I got a list of other guys to look out for. And one of my favorite guys at this draft class, shout out to my brother because he put me on. I've been watching kids since he was in high school. Nico Manion. Look out for Nico. I love Nico's game, man. Like I said, Obi Toppin as well. Look out for Obi. Um, my boy Tyrese Maxey. Look out for old Tyrese Maxey in this draft class, man. A lot of guys to look out for. I believe uh, RJ Hampton as well. Look out for RJ Hampton. He also is in this draft class. A lot of teams could benefit from having... His production, point blank, period. This is a pretty, pretty, pretty talented draft class, man. So uh, I want to see how things play out come draft night, what trades will be made, who goes where. Uh, I see this I see this draft as, you know, being trade heavy, though. 
I can I can see some guys really with some teams making some trades, moving some guys around, trying you know really fit in those pieces to to make their teams better. When you got the Lakers and the Clippers and the Bucks, you know really like light years ahead of everybody else. Um, it's like you know they are your tier one teams. You have this great deal of tier two teams like Boston and Miami and 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 uh, Denver and possibly, you know, I guess you can throw Golden State in that, you know, Golden State in that tier two, depending on what they do with the rest of their roster. Brooklyn is a tier two team. Then you got everybody else that's following within, you know, tier three and tier four and, you know, possibly tier five. So who knows what happens, you know, come draft night, man. Uh, also, uh, something to look out for, the uh, New Orleans Pelicans are looking to move on with Lonzo Ball. There's a rumor. Who knows what will happen? Zoe. He's got to get his game together, man. I love Zoe. I love his game. But his game is a little iffy at times, man. His game's a little iffy, and that's, you know, causing teams and GMs and, you know, the guys in the upper office to have concerns about him. Of course, you have your injury concerns about Zoe as well. So, of course, you know, he's going to be in trade talks. Um, but also, you got a free agency that's looming around too, you know. Bradley Bill's a free agent this year. I'm hearing a lot of teams are interested after what he did. Will he go back to Washington? Because you're going to get John Wall back. DeMarcus Cousins is still on the market. He wants to be signed. He wants to go to Brooklyn. Why not? Of course he would want to go to Brooklyn. He's not seen as a number two, number one guy anymore with the injuries that he's had. So, you know, who knows, man? Uh, everything's going to be looking, you know, real, real interesting within the next couple months, man. Uh, basketball-wise, football-wise, boxing, UFC, man. We got sports back, you know. We got sports back. But, man, other than that, man, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode, man. Uh, it felt good talking to y'all again, even though I'm talking to my phone on the Anchor app, putting this great, great quality content out for y'all with this nice, beautiful instrumental kick push by Lupe Fiasco uh, playing. It give me vibes, man. It give, it give me memories. NBA Live 07, you know, playing that playing that joint with my brother, man. But, hey, man, God bless y'all, man. I thank y'all for tuning in. Shout out to those black-owned businesses. I haven't forgot. Megan J's Wild Child Hair Growth Oil. Shout out to my boy Isaiah Johnson with that vague collection, man. Great, great clothing. Shout out to Marcus Taylor. Flossed out clothing, man. Y'all go out and get that. If y'all need to know where to get this quality stuff at hit me up and i got you man i'll get you in contact with these people i will uh be posting screenshots of their clothing and the oil up under this post when i post on facebook and you know my social medias and things like that but you know mark my words and listen to me man this is good good stuff to have you know support these black businesses man megan j's wild child hair growth oil you bald you want some hair you thinning if you and, and, and you want your hair back get this oil man get this oil if you want something else other than H&M and Old Navy and Route 21, anything like that, you want something, just some black-owned business clothing, Flossed Out by Marcus Taylor, Bay Collection by Isaiah Johnson. Man, go get this good, good, good stuff. Shout out to, um, oh, man, um, don't beat me up for this, but Kay's Boutique, man, uh, on Instagram. Shout out to her, man. She's a young, young, young girl that's, that's getting to her business, man. She got some great stuff for the ladies. First slides, shades, swimsuits, all this good stuff. And she she's only doing more. So shout out to them, man. Thank y'all for tuning in once again. Much love and God bless. And lastly, man, uh, I know I said that was gone with my last uh, segment. But uh, everybody's still interested. Uh, I know we're in the middle of a pandemic, man. But uh, seriously, you know, seriously, if y'all still interested in coming on to the show um, and, you know, talking sports with me, you know what I'm saying, getting your voice out there, having a good time, you know, debating and, 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 you know, just doing what we love, man, you know, hit me up, man, like, seriously, you know, y'all, y'all, y'all let me know, if y'all, y'all want some of this heat that I spit when I talk to these sports, man, if you want some of this heat, you know, let me know, um, y'all know my Instagram, y'all know my Snapchat, my Twitter, my Facebook, because this is the first time posting on, it's my Facebook, so I will leave, uh, I will leave, you know, information, things like that. Man, just hit me up, man. Uh, like I said, besides my family, I want to get everybody in on this. Like I said, man, I understand we're in the middle of a pandemic. But, you know, um, 
I know who I serve. I know what I'm covered under. Uh, I believe that we would be just fine, man. Just fine. Let, let let's let's put some quality, you know, some some, some quality content out uh, for sports fans all across the world, man. Um, but if you want to come on to the Callaway Sports Show, you want to make a podcast, you want to make a video in a podcast, let me know, man. Uh, and you know we can work something out most definitely. But like I said, man, thank y'all for for tuning in and continuing to support my podcast, man. Uh, really means a lot. So I really appreciate it. Um, if you want more of this content, man, like, share, and you know, subscribe to my to my YouTube as well. You go on YouTube, Callaway Sports. You will see my logo. You'll see a few videos I posted before. Um, but thank y'all, man. I, I, I really, really appreciate it. Thank y'all.